0: In the words of Dr. Michael J. Strong, president of the Canadian Institutes of Health Research, if you have my career, you've made a terrible mistake. If you have my career, then you didn't have yours. Welcome to What They Really Do, a career in public health series where we interview professionals in the field of public health and global health so you can learn some information to help you navigate your unique career journey.
1: Hello everyone, my name is Aaron Borelli. I am a senior public health advisor and you're listening to the Public Health Insight Podcast. Before we move on, it is important to note that the views expressed in this podcast are our own and do not represent any of the organizations we work for or are affiliated with.
0: You're listening to the Public Health Insight Podcast, your go-to space for all things public health and global health. From the sustainable development goals to the social determinants of health, as well as interesting dialogues about the diverse career opportunities that exist in these fields. Remember to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, so other people like you can benefit from our content. My name is Gordon, your host for this episode, and I will be speaking with Aaron Burelli about his role as a public health advisor and public health analyst. Aaron Borelli is a public health professional with over 25 years of experience with U.S. federal agencies including the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention and the National Institutes of Health Aaron has worked in various roles of public health administration in the areas of infectious diseases, immunization, environmental health, and human subjects research. He holds a Master of Public Health from Florida International University in Miami and a Master of Health Management Systems and Bachelor of Science in Health Management Systems, both from Duquesne University in Pittsburgh. Aaron is currently a public health advisor with the CDC, specifically serving as Program Integration Advisor in the Division of Preparedness and Emerging Infections. Aaron is participating in this podcast in his personal capacity And it's important to note that the opinions expressed are his own and do not reflect the views of the CDC or the U.S. government. Now, with that out of the way, let's get into it. Aaron, welcome to the Public Health Insight Podcast. Great. Thank you very much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. And I know maybe a year or so ago, I think we connected on LinkedIn. I want to say it was around our One Health event that we were having I'm not mistaken. And then we just started to follow each other. When we decided to start this career series, you were one of the first persons I had thought of. So it's nice to break the duck with you in the hot seat. So they say.
1: (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you very much. I'm honored that you invited
0: me to participate. All right, let's get out our Google Maps. You got your Google Maps ready? (laughs) I can. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's metaphorically speaking (laughs) so essentially i want you to imagine your 25 year career as a public health professional Mm -hmm. as if it was a google map with the starting point being before you were even working in the public health space all right (laughs) so from there i want you to tell me your journey about how you got from there to where you are now was it a winding road lots of twists and turns (laughs) congestion on the highway? Was it fairly straightforward? Tell me your story. Uh, All right. Sure, sure. Yeah, thank
1: you. Well, I knew I wanted to do something in the health field and more in health administration, but I wasn't exactly sure. I went to college in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and I majored in a program that is called Health Management Systems. And that program has evolved over the years. And now it's actually referred to as health administration. But it's sort of a a combination of healthcare, business and administration. And then my program also included aspects of information systems and health information management. And I was really more focused on the area of health information management when I was in college. And that's really where I intended my career to go. And out of college, I took a position with the National Institutes of Health in Bethesda, Maryland. And so the NIH is a large U.S. agency that focuses on research, medical research. And I worked in the areas of health information management and research protocol services. And so the tie to getting me into that that first position, was really my interest in health information management. And that's what I was originally brought into the NIH to do. And it evolved into this other area of research protocol services, which is kind of unique to an organization like NIH because they do research on human subjects. So that kind of started taking me more into the public health realm sort of right away. And not necessarily what I had originally... Planned to do, but I really enjoyed it. And so then I moved to Atlanta, Georgia, and I worked briefly for the Atlanta Veterans Affairs Medical Center, also in the area of health information management. And then I had an opportunity to work for the CDC, which is headquartered in Atlanta. And I applied for a position there and I got it. And the world of health information management kind of evolved into public health administration now because I started my career at the CDC in a policy role. So I really now was moving into much more of public health administration and it wasn't, like I said, it wasn't originally what I had sought out to do with my career because I really didn't know a lot about public health when I was in college. I mean, it was not really something I had thought very much about or knew a lot about that field. And once I discovered that and started working for the CDC is where I discovered my love of public health, my interest in it, that I knew I wanted to do this for my career. And I have now been with CDC for over 20 years and have had various roles in public health administration in several different areas of public health, including, as probably was included in my bio, infectious diseases and immunization, environmental health and others. And so It was sort of a windy road, like you mentioned, and it was (laughs) maybe not exactly on the original directions of the GPS, but I'm glad that I ended up here and I have no regrets about it. I love this field and I think that it offers amazing opportunities for people. So that's kind of how I ended up where I am today.
0: One thing I'm curious about, and you can correct me if I'm mistaken on this. Mm -hmm. After all of that, so you did your bachelor's in health management systems, and master's in the same area. I believe recently you also completed an MPH. Yes. So tell me the story about why you felt like an MPH would have been a value add to your career, given that you've been with the CDC for a number of years.
1: Sure. Because I love public health so much and was really interested in it, I felt like that was a piece of my education and background that was sort of missing. Even though the field of public health is diverse, and it includes a lot of what I already have learned in my career, and I've worked in it, and I certainly had components of it from my previous education, but there were a lot of concepts that I felt like I still needed and wanted to help me become a more well-rounded public health official. I want it for the credibility, I wanted it for future opportunities. And some of it really was personal satisfaction. (laughs) I work with a lot of people who have a Master of Public Health. And it was one of those things that I just felt like from my personal growth and satisfaction that Mm -hmm. I wanted the degree. And so I did that through an online program through Florida International University. I really enjoyed it. And it was a
0: great experience for me. Now, having said that, bring us into your world, your professional world, for a moment. Tell us about your field of practice as it relates to your role as a public health advisor. What does that look like in terms of day-to-day responsibilities, collaborations, mm-hmm. from the perspective of even a U.S. federal agency? Tell us what that's really like. Sure, sure. I work for
1: a program at CDC that focuses on prevention and control of emerging infectious diseases. So we run a very large cooperative agreement that provides funding to state and local health departments for them to build their capacity to prevent and control infectious diseases within their jurisdiction. And so as you can imagine, there is a lot of coordination There's a lot of management of that cooperative agreement program where we have a program where we coordinate with other program areas across the CDC to implement this program. So it's very complex. There is a lot of funding that is involved. We also have done a lot related to COVID-19 over the last couple years of the pandemic. And so my role is a program integration advisor where I do a lot of that coordination among our partner programs that are part of this cooperative agreement. So it's it involves a lot of collaboration, a lot of integrating these different aspects of the program areas that all contribute to the mission of this large program. And this program has been around for over 25 years now. It's very well established. It provides amazing opportunities for state and local health departments to build their capacity in epidemiology, laboratory, health information systems, and many other program areas that relate to emerging infectious diseases.
0: That's amazing. And it sounds like one thing I could tease out In your response to that is you're working within a degree of complexity that probably requires you to be a very good problem solver (laughs) and make some of those recommendations for program improvement. So tell me what that specific piece is like in terms of the skill sets and core competencies you would need to be effective in your role.
1: Sure, sure. Well, certainly knowledge of public health is is critical which now that i have my mph degree has certainly helped out with that there is a lot of program assessment work it's a lot of this partnership development it's some evaluation components it's understanding grants management and in the f- world of being in federal public health that is a key really competency, is knowing about like acquisition and grants management within the federal space. And so we do a lot at the CDC with either cooperative agreements or grants. And for my program, it's a cooperative agreement. So understanding those principles and knowing how to work within the federal system of cooperative agreements and grants management is really critical. A lot of the work that we do is through a mechanism such as a cooperative agreement where we provide funding to other organizations for them to help us achieve our mission. But it's not just about providing the funding. It's also providing them with guidance and technical assistance and recommendations and working collaboratively to achieve whatever the program's mission is. So it's a lot of collaborating with our scientists, program officials, other partner programs to identify what are the key areas that we want these jurisdictions to work on and achieve in order to meet whatever the goals are of the program. So there's a lot of this collaborative work where I'm providing them with assistance and helping them to identify what are the ways that we want these recipients of this funding to complete their work so that we have an effective and efficient use of the federal funds. And so it's, the and as you can imagine, there's a lot of complicated pieces to it and they're very large programs. And we do cooperative agreements for like five years at a time. So we have a five-year cycle and then typically we'll renew that for another five years. So they're ongoing, but at the same time, there are... Some time constraints where we want certain things to happen within each year of a cooperative Mm -hmm. agreement. Mm -hmm. And so it's not like it's just put all this funding out and hope that something good happens in five years. It's each year we want to look at what are these recipients doing with the funding? Is it working? Um, are we doing an effective way of awarding these funds and asking them to do activities that are meaningful and get at what the mission of the program is? And then we can adjust those each year so we can go back, revise some, provide updated guidance each year and then you know evaluate it, look at what's happening. And so it's kind of this ongoing Process where we're constantly making sure that what we're doing is working and is meaningful and is ultimately achieving the mission of the program.
0: That's incredibly awesome to hear. And I would consider myself plugged into what the various careers in public health and what each person does as part of their day to day. But even I was unaware of that piece around funding and how instrumental it is in evaluating the cost effectiveness of programs and seeing how best to allocate those funds to have the highest impact. You'd mentioned that so your background is in the health management systems and recently you completed your MPH. I'm curious to learn from you what are the typical educational requirements at least in the, from a US federal government perspective that they'd want to see for applicants to a public health Advisor or public health analyst position. What are some of those educational requirements and other things that they might look for in an application?
1: Sure. Usually, it would start with a bachelor's degree. Almost always, we would look for somebody who has a bachelor's degree in public health or something related to public health. So it doesn't necessarily have to be called a public health program, but it could be related. It could be something in the the life sciences or the health sciences, and then. Usually, a lot of the professionals who are in these roles, especially at an organization like the CDC and in the federal government, other parts of, say, the Department of Health and Human Services, they would very often have a master's degree. And again, it could be in public health, like an MPH, or it might be a related master's degree. So it might be something like a master of health administration, a master of public administration. It could even be a master's in a more specialized field in the sciences where if somebody is really interested in a certain area of either public health or science that you might get a master's degree in a more specialized topic. Certain jobs in say the government might have a an educational requirement and some of them don't. I think where sometimes people get a little bit confused when they read job announcements from the government is where it'll mention education as a way to qualify for a position and there are some positions that legitimately do require that you have a specific degree in a certain field and an announcement will usually say that but then there are other jobs where and i think sometimes for a public health analyst or a public health advisor it might say that it's preferred or it might say that you can qualify for a certain level of a position if you have the education, whereas if for some reason you didn't have that education but you had certain public health experience, that might qualify you as well. So I realize sometimes it's a little bit of a gray area and it can be a little confusing, but for many of the positions, especially at the lower levels of government, they might not actually require the education, although it's certainly preferred and it's definitely helpful to have it. But depending on what type of position and the level, it may or may not actually be required. However, it may help you to qualify at a higher level. And then certainly it helps you as you move up within the organization when you have degrees. But then at that point, you also are getting the experience within that job series and so you're getting the experience now to help you qualify and again if something is specifically required it will say so if an education if there is an educational requirement
0: ready to switch things up a bit (laughs) sure all right so this is our exciting segment called insight blitz where i will be asking you questions or reading some statements and you will be able to provide a brief response, or you could provide some more context on top of that if you feel it's necessary. Okay. Let's begin. All right. Who comes to mind when you think about the influence on your career so far?
1: Hmm. Good one. Good
0: one.
1: Influence on my career so far. Uh, or an experience, I- I mean, if it's not a person. I- it really, as far as the who, I think it's me. Mm. (laughs) I I feel like we have to take control of our career. And there are certainly lots of people who have influenced it and who have helped along the way and who I've learned from and in some ways learned what to do and what not to do. But I tried to choose things along my career that were interest to me. And I really picked them because they were my professional interests. I really wasn't pushed into anything because of anyone else, and I don't think there was one person who I would say had the biggest influence on it. I really didn't even originally intend to specifically work in public health, and I ended up in it, and I'm glad I did, but it wasn't something that I set out to do originally.
0: What movies, books, articles, courses, or other resources can you recommend that have helped you professionally? Hmm.
1: Well, courses, I mean anything in public health is certainly helpful. I think that we do much better whenever we start to explore the various areas of public health. So anything that is interest, of interest to you, I say pursue it. And there there are so many courses available. And whether you do them through a formal degree program or you do them through one-off training or something like Coursera or other resources, they're all very helpful... <laughs> Specific ones, I don't know if any come to mind right now. I think it really, it kind of has depended on where I was at the time in my career and what mm-hmm. I felt like I needed. There was a time when I was earlier in my career and was still learning a lot about public health. I took some courses through the CDC that were introduction to public health and these introductions to like public health program management and public health policy and advocacy. And if you don't have some of those through some other education, I definitely recommend getting those somewhere. And then anything else that you feel like is kind of missing or these pieces that you want to learn more about, pursue them. I took a course on Coursera that was the Introduction to Global Health, something like that, the name of it, the... um, that was super helpful to me just because that was not an area that I know a whole lot about and have not really done much with global health. All right, there we go.
0: Along those same lines, similar lines, we have an understanding in public health that we have to continually develop our competencies to be effective and doing so is more of a lifelong professional journey. So I have to ask you, what skills have you been cultivating lately?
1: What skills have I been cultivating lately? Um, hmm. That is a good question. I think learning how to work collaboratively with other public health officials is one of those areas. This whole... Um, competency area of like networking and partnership development within public health is really key. And I think sometimes it's overlooked. And I think that it's probably not developed enough for people who are going through their degree programs while they're in college. It's one of those things you really have to learn on the job and from experience. And it's critical to doing public health work. We cannot do any of this work on our own. Those really are invaluable skills. And again, it's something that you have to learn it by doing it. So those are things that I think I've been working on lately.
0: And last question for Insight Blitz. What does someone such as yourself, who's been in public health for 25 years do in their spare time away from public health?
1: <laughs> sure. I do like to stay physically active. So mm-hmm. I, I really enjoy walking. I love to get out and walk or hike and explore the outdoors. I play tennis. I try to go to the gym. <laughs> and I also
0: recently started playing pickleball. <laughs> okay. okay. And I've heard of, it's very fun. Like I've, heard, I've had friends that... <laughs> I don't see them anymore because they play pickleball. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: it's a bit addicting, and it's really fun. It's something new that I started. I picked it up quickly. If you've played tennis before, it certainly helps to to learn pickleball. Uh, so I recently started doing that, and it, it's been a lot of fun. So I'm enjoying that, um, and do try to unwind with TV and movies and such. Um, I also am uh, I'm part Slovak by my ancestry. Mm. And so I'm very interested in that part of my heritage. And I do some um, some different activities
0: to help me stay connected to my heritage. You heard it here, folks. If you ever want to pick up on some pickleball <laughs> with Aaron, you can connect with him on LinkedIn, send him a message about pickleball. <laughs> and uh, I'm him. sure he'd be happy to play with you there. <laughs> okay, that brings us to the end of our insight blitz segment and what the question i want to ask you immediately following that as we bring it to a close is what was the most challenging part and surprising parts of working as a public health advisor so far in your career Mm -hmm. so most challenging and most surprising they could be the same thing
1: Challenging is, I think, learning how to adapt to constantly evolving situations in public health. Mm. When you're in these roles, and especially when you're at an organization like CDC, priorities change and new things occur in the country with public health that force you to adapt and change course from what you were previously working on or thought you would be working on. And also, I think just the evolution of your career throughout public health. And I've held several different types of roles and I've worked in different areas. And with each one, even though they're all, public health, and a lot of what I've done is under the umbrella of public health administration, you have to learn each different program area as you go along. And even that program area could change the next day. So there's always kind of this evolving and adaptation of your work and what your focus might be. And there are times when a situation occurs where you have to quickly develop a whole new component to a program that didn't exist before.
0: So having had this discussion, reflecting on your experiences, what messages would you have for, in particular, students, recent graduates, and even people who are currently working in your field? What do you want them to take away from this podcast discussion?
1: Yeah, I would like... I mean, certainly for, for students or people who are about to go into the field,
0: mm-hmm.
1: be prepared to adapt, be prepared to learn, and be okay with not knowing everything right away. <laughs> you don't have to, no, which is very hard, <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to come out of your degree program as an expert. And I have a lot of younger professionals or students who contact me and we talk about them starting their careers and they want some advice. And I feel like there's this need by a lot of younger people to have all this experience and have all this knowledge and feel like they're at, at this level that really is way beyond what the expectation is when you first come out of your degree program. You will have a lot to learn and you will learn a lot once you're actually on the job. And that's really the intention. I mean, you're not going to go in on day one and they're going to expect you to all of a sudden be an expert at what this job is. You're going to have people who work with you. You're going to have training. You're going to have time to learn things and experience these different aspects of your job. And then the alternate approach could be if you really know you want to do a type of work, like a more functional type of job, you can also focus on that. And you could try to find something that lets you do that and get some of those skills. And then maybe later, if there's an area or a topic area that you really want to focus on, then you can take those skills and transition them to some other topic area of public health. So there's kind of two different ways you could approach that. A lot of it depends on what's the opportunity that's in front of you. And the other thing that I think is critical to all this is finding a work environment that you enjoy and what's the right fit for you as far as a team or a type of work, the the environment as a whole, the people, what's the culture? How do you feel when you're interacting with your team members? And do you enjoy that interaction or do you feel like you don't really fit in? I mean, that that's so critical to when you're going to do a job every day, you have to
0: enjoy your team and enjoy that that work environment. Silent applause. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for sharing that. I think it's important, like you mentioned, the considerations to take into account when going into a field, understanding that the expectation is not for you to be a finished product. For certain levels in your career, there's a different senior management and leadership positions. They expect someone with a lot of experience, but it's important to note that for positions where like you touched on those educational requirements, number of years, they're not expecting you to have created the best program or policy in one part of a country and then coming to transplant that there. They expect that you're an ongoing canvas that is going to be painted eventually mm-hmm. and you'll be supported there. And also the fact that you said, I like this piece as well. Also look for what you want. In a workplace it's not only about please 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 hire me (laughs) do you actually want to be there Yes. and what being in tune with what your needs are and seeing if you can be supported in that way that's something that's incredibly important yeah
1: right absolutely and and don't be afraid to network with people we have Mm -hmm. this amazing resource called linkedin which is how you and i got connected and i'm connected to lots of people across the world through linkedin and I encourage people all the time to use LinkedIn, use those resources, find ways to connect with others or organizations. I certainly welcome any of the listeners who want to connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm happy to connect with them and if you ever have any questions, just message me and we can talk. But use resources like that. And of course, when you can do them in person, that's great too, but Right now, I mean, everything is so virtual and you don't even have to get together for coffee. You can have your virtual coffee and have a great networking session with somebody. So take advantage of those and use them. And they're really, really great resources.
0: Thank you for listening to the Public Health Insight Podcast, your go-to space for informative conversations, inspiring community action. If you enjoy our podcast, be sure to subscribe and leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. See you in the next one.